Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello, welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I'm Andy Daniel. Welcome to another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Recovery Talks. Today, we, Andy and I, are going to be talking about medication. Yeah, our personal experiences with it, things that we've seen with other peers, just kind of a, a general conversation about uh, the use of medication in recovery. Yeah, well, we're not going into any details about names of medications or how much dosage or any of that, just our, our personal experience. We, we uh, thought this would be a good, good topic. I think this is a really common one. Uh, that comes up a lot in peer support. And then I know myself, my own experience, when I first, you know, was put on medication. It was life-changing, scary, um, <laughs> frustrating, went through many, many different emotions. And so, yeah, we thought this would be a good topic to just uh, share with listeners. And thinking some of you probably are going to be able to relate to it. So before we jump in, one of the things that I want to do a little plug for is the 2019 Recovery Conference that is coming up September 6th in Helena. It's going to be at the Delta Marriott in Helena, 9 to 6 p.m. It's on a Friday. September 6th is, is a Friday. So normally, we've, in the past, we've done our conference always on a Saturday. So this year, we're trying Friday, September 6th. Mark your calendars. we got the workshop lineup is going to be coming out here pretty quickly. I know we've got things in the post, right, Andy? Yep. Uh, going going out and we got a bunch of postcards we're going to be mailing out to people probably start seeing posters something new this year is that we're hosting the service area authority congress at our uh conference so if you like what the heck's the service area authority congress come on out to the conference and find out these are you know folks big advocates in behavioral health from around the state they come together thus the name the congress from the western central and eastern come together and it's a great way to learn about what's happening across the state what kind of advocacy efforts are going on we want you to get involved as a person in recovery you go to our we got it up on our facebook page website that kind of stuff and find out information um Oh, it's uh, free for NPN members, I guess we should say that. Yeah. So if you're an NPN member, you should definitely, definitely come out to the conference. One of the benefits of being a member, if you're not a member, it's okay. It's 20 bucks at the door all day. Uh, there's lunch. We have a luncheon, awards. We give away awards. We have raffles. There's all kind of informational booths. It's just a great day, a lot of fun, a lot of networking. We'll be recording some podcasts with anybody who's interested yeah. in doing that. Yeah. Uh, some little videos if people want to do that. So I'll have a space yeah. set up where people can just come in and participate in that piece of it. So exactly. we can share a exactly. lot of stuff with people who can't be at the conference. Exactly. We did that last year and it was a lot of fun. It was our first time introducing social media into the conference. I think it was fun. I think it went well. And this year, I think I feel more confident with it. So yeah, I'm, last year I'm was kind of an experiment. So, <laughs> yes, exactly, 
exactly. So anyway, September 6th, the 2019 Recovery Conference, it's going to be in Helena at the Delta Marriott. You can visit our website or social media. Uh, we'll be talking about it now for the next few months here. But we hope you come out. Um, it's always a good time. Again, MPN, if you're an MPN member, it is free. It's one of your benefits. So, so medications. Where, where do we want to jump in on that one? There's a lot of stigma around medication. I think it kind of goes back to respecting everybody's path. Just because medication does not work for one person doesn't mean it's not going to work for somebody else. And I True. think sometimes we have a tendency to make people feel, I don't know, guilty or, or something if they're not doing recovery the way you think they should be doing recovery, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think you should probably probably say this, I guess, when we're talking about both mental health and substance use. Right. I mean, I, I think I think for you and I, we're going to talk mostly from a mental health point of view, but with medic- medication-assisted treatment out there, this is a big one. We get, we get questions all the time about this, and people who are like, oh, well, they're taking medication. They're not in recovery. Yeah, well, that, abstinence, that abstinence model being... Yeah. You know, yeah. the other end of that. So, yeah, and so you you made a good point. That and that's what made me think of it was the the many pathways, right? So yeah. when we talk about the, the guiding principles, and if we're if we're accepting of all pathways for recovery, like I don't care how you get on recovery, how you do it, but I'm hoping you find a path for yourself. Then who am I to judge your pathway? Right. Right. And so if you decide you're going to take medication, wonderful. If you decide you're not, you're going to do some other things wonderful, too. So I think that's a, that's definitely a piece of it. My mind goes, like, with this topic is right in the beginning, when I first was hospitalized and getting put on medication, the difficulty in finding the right med, the right dosage, the right time of day, and that whole process. Did you have that experience, Annie? That oh, absolutely. Struggle? Absolutely. Finding the right medication is, I think, a really difficult thing. And and sometimes I kind of feel like people give up, right? Uh, well, I've tried a couple and they didn't work. And so you know, this isn't something that's going to work for me. And and if it doesn't, you know, that's that's fine. But sometimes you just got to stick with it for a while. And unfortunately, a lot of psych meds take a long time to actually start working. And so, you know, this is this could be a six month process before you find the right thing that is really helpful. And I think it's sometimes discouraging to people when something doesn't work right away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I there was one med that I was on at, uh, like, you know, when you hear these warnings, you know, they're like, yeah, this drug's in these commercials, this drug may cause, you know, they read this, like, laundry list yeah. of symptoms nobody <laughs> nobody wants. Anyway, I had the one, it made me more suicidal. It was like, I felt like I was just, I just wanted to climb up to the top of the building and jump off. And I already felt that way. Like, I was supposed to be taking the med to calm that down. Right. And it it was really bad. I remember this one was just really bad. Like, I don't remember how long, but I returned to the doctor before my regularly scheduled appointment and said, um, I have to stop taking this because, <laughs> like, it's not any good. 
And, and you know, and so then you get, okay, we're going to pick another one, you know, and he said yeah. something like that, you know, <laughs> okay, so we pick another one, and now we start that whole, the other thing that comes to mind is the dry mouth. Yes. And you first start taking it, and your mouth, it just feels like sandpaper. I remember eating um, lemon heads, so, <laughs> so I was eating lemon heads by the bag full to put some moisture in my mouth because it was like, I can't, I can't talk. I mean, it just was so dry. It just, and headaches, I remember that, upset stomach, all these things. And they do go away. I mean, when you get, when you get more regulated, like you said, then the symptoms do, do go away. But I remember those symptoms in particular being very intense and at a time when I was very sensitive to everything, right? So yeah. the world was, you know, it's like um, you're a pin cushion and the world is a bunch of pins, you right. know? And so anything is just irritating you and that was that was not not pleasant. Well, I think when we're struggling, you know, we're more likely to, doctors are more likely to prescribe you a medication when you're really struggling, right? And yes. I, it's hard to really know what the side effects are. I mean, even if the doctor tells you, even if you read the pamphlet that goes with it, it's hard to sort of weed those out, right? What things are because yeah. of the illness and what things are because of the medication and how do I go right. back to the doctor and say, no, I don't want to do this because <clears throat> this is what's happening. I had this one I had this one experience, so this was a different med, and I, I don't know how many in the beginning, um, maybe four or five, I think, so I was able to kind of settle on one. But I remember in the beginning, and I can't remember if it was before or after the wanting to jump off the building thing, but I had this one where I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the couch, I had taken this one, sitting on the couch, and I began to realize that I was leaning I was like lifting to the side, right? I'm like the leaning tower of Pisa. I literally was falling over while I was sitting there, but I thought I was sitting up straight, right? But then all of a sudden I realized, no, no, I'm not. And then boom, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm flat out. My feet are still on the floor, but my head is on the cushion now, right? Like, and then I woke up like four hours later. And I remember taking that one. I think I took it twice a day. I think I took it in the mid-morning and then like after dinner and literally would just like that, like almost pass out and then wake up and then only have a couple hours till I had to take it again. Right. And you're going to have that same experience when you take it the second time. And so then, and then, and I remember it was hard to go to the doctor and say, I can't live like this. I have no life, <laughs> you know, which when I look back, it's like, well, no, you didn't like your life was... <laughs> The med was knocking me out, like, and so that caused another switch. You know, I remember first, I, with that one, I remember because he didn't take me off of that one. We switched the dosage. Oh. So it still had that impact. And I was actually on that one for a little while, and so we switched the dosage. So it didn't knock me out as much. Right. Right? Yeah. But how, you know, like, I, I got an appointment, so I got to go to... I was in treatment, therapy. I, I couldn't work. There was no way I could work. I could not function. Yeah, you, I, you can't sleep, you know, like 20 hours a day and hold a job. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> right? When I, I had a kind of a similar experience. Um, 
the doctor prescribed me um, something for anxiety and I, I took it a couple of days. And, and on the second day, I was standing in my bathroom and I fell backwards into the bathtub. Like I wasn't in the bathtub. Ouch. I fell backwards yeah. into the bathtub. And, you know, I knew enough to say, oh, this is what's different today than last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is probably not mm-hmm. something that's going to work for me. And my doctor at the time was really, you know, open to having these conversations about what worked and what didn't. And I I quit taking that one. And, you know, but when I went to inpatient treatment um, and the psychiatrist wanted to change my medications, we talked about some of them. And then when I went to get my meds that night and uh, the person who was handing them out, you know, showed me the list of things. And I said, no, I've taken that one before. I I don't want to take it. I don't like what it does to me. And so they didn't give me one that night. But the next morning, I didn't realize that I was supposed to refuse that every time they gave me my medication. So I, my fault, I didn't pay enough attention to the cup of pills they gave me, right? Um, Right. And it took me the whole day to realize why I felt so lethargic. And to have the ability to go back to them and say, no, I don't ever want to take this. Right. I'm going to self-advocate and I'm going to say, no, I don't want to take this. I don't like the way this makes me feel. I can't function on this. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard to especially if you don't have people supporting you in doing it and in being able to to advocate. My experience, if I fast forward five years, six years, uh, somewhere in there, I had told my therapist. Uh, so okay, so in the beginning, when I first got diagnosed, I mean, I knew I knew I wasn't right. I knew I wasn't well. Okay, so I'm going to take medication because I'm desperate. Something's got to change here. Something's not right. So I'm taking the medication. But I also remember telling my therapist, someday I, I want to get off of this. I don't want to be on it. Right. And I remember telling my, going to my psychiatrist, and when that time came, this is years later, and I said, hey, you know, I think it's time. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe getting off these meds, you know. And I remember him saying, well, why would you want to do that? You're doing so great. And I said, well, because in the beginning, when I wasn't doing great, I wanted to do that. You know, right. like, ah, you know, you should just keep taking it. You know what I mean? Right. And it was like, no, like, I'd like to try being off of them. Yeah. And that's a valid and, path. Yeah. Like, I've been on them now for years now. Like, I, I feel like I want to try going off of them. Like, because I'm thinking if it goes south, I can always go back on. Right. It's not, it's not like it's a one-time deal here. And he was like, no, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so then I remember going back to my therapist and, and I had this conversation and I said to her, Gail, I told you this. Do you remember I, when I said this? You know, like I someday, like I feel like the someday is now. Like I'd like to have help getting off of these medications. And she said, yeah. And, you know, and so she kind of talked to me about it and, you know, what my motivations and what I'm going to say to the doctor and, you know. And so then I went back to the doctor, you know, three months later and like, hey, like, I, I really would like to get off of these. And he was, he would not budge. I mean, he was just like, no, like, I'm not going to do that. And I said, well, I'm going to get off of them anyway, you know, like. So help and, me do it safely? Yeah, like yeah. thinking he then, then would maybe relent and say, okay, but you're going to keep coming in every three months and then 
if, if you're not doing well, we're going to put you back on them. Because I probably would have agreed to that. But he just would not budge. He was just like, no. And I don't remember the exact everything. But, you know, we had a little back and forth. And, you know, now doing what I do for a living, you know, I think back and I think, that was that was terrible. Yeah. Like, I needed I needed him to support me. Like I needed him to support me and help me do it, and he didn't. And so, uh, and I don't recommend it to anybody. But you know, I I weaned myself off. Right. I just every other day, and, you know, whatever every third day, and you know, until yeah. and then I just never went back. Right. So now you don't like, have that support anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I went to a mental health center. You know, I went to a mental health center, and so. And now, now you kind of lose that support. I've never gone back on meds since, and it's been, you know, whatever, 20, close to 20 years. Yeah. Now, it's been suggested to me by therapists and loved ones, like, at times in my life, maybe I should, but I make that conscious choice for myself to not do that, and I'm going to do other things instead, other wellness tools. Andy and I talked about this on a previous podcast, the kinds of things we do. You know, so I'm willing to take the risk and not do that. But when I think about that experience and how, you know, defeating that was, and I, I, I didn't really, my needs weren't getting met and it wasn't really helpful to me because it was scary doing it yourself. You hear all these warnings about don't stop taking right, meds and right. like, you know, right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think just a little bit of support would have been great. I don't think the medical community does a really good job of telling you about withdrawal Mm. why Mm -hmm. you should you know titrate up or down or you know Mm -hmm. how to switch from one thing to another and what to expect i've had some really really horrible withdrawal symptoms from medications Mm -hmm. that i didn't expect Mm -hmm. nobody told Mm -hmm. me that that was a possibility you know and you know now i'm non-functional and then there's a lot of trying to manage the side effects with mm. other medication, right? I'm too tired in the morning because oh, yeah. the meds I took last yeah, night yeah. was making me tired. So now I have to take something yeah. to yeah. give me energy, yeah. you know, and you end up with this yeah. cocktail of yeah. things that... I, I saw that so much. When I when I worked at the, for a mental health center after, you know, I was in recovery about 14 years. So I was a patient at a mental health center and then, you know, years later, 10 years later... Go, go to work, not at the same one, but a different one. But, you know, to go in and, and then you start getting to know people. I worked as a peer supporter starting out. You know, you get to know people. And, yeah, they're, they're taking like a handful of pills multiple times a day. And they're all to counterbalance each other, you know, whatever this, whatever that combination needs to be. And I don't know, like, we don't know the implications of that. Right. right. I mean, we don't know what taking five different pills at the same time. They don't test that. They don't, you know, when they're doing testing, they don't they don't give you this combination. You're taking one drug so they can see what happens. But now you're taking this handful. And, you know, I think that there's some there's some damage that probably is done to people, you know, physically, internally. We know things like heart disease and diabetes can be huge right. um, for people who take mental health meds. And I think there's other factors involved. I think being lethargic and not being active. Well, yeah, you know, if, you're, if your meds make you fall over on the couch, you can't exactly. be active. And I think on the other side of it, I think, you know, when you do find a med that works and you feel better, I, I think it's wonderful, like anything, but nothing is forever. 
nothing is going to, I don't care what you're doing to go into a support meeting. Right. It's not going to be wonderful forever. At some point, it, you know, it's going to, it's going to fade away and it's going to become <clears throat> less important or less valuable to your recovery. And I just think medication is the same way. And I, I think, you know, there's a, there's a, a peer, you know, that I've supported over the years and, and he has a serious diagnosis. You know, he, he said to me, I thought it was a good description that when he's taking his medication, he doesn't even notice he's taking it, huh. that there aren't any <laughs> negative things not just side effects, right? Right, but there's the external things too, because you, the way you interact with the world, and I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It was like good, good kind of insight, you know, to his experience and made me think about my own experience. And yeah, I mean, I think when you have a decent med and you can, when your symptoms are being managed successfully, you're living a life, what I call life in recovery, right. you're not really thinking about it. You're not really, you're not really thinking about the impact of taking a medication. You know, I, I don't know. Are, are you a big pill taker in general? Like, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Just in the last couple of years, actually, um, I've started looking at alternative things, and so, so I've decreased the number of medications that I need to take on a daily basis. That's good. To you know, and I'm I'm managing my illnesses and stuff mm-hmm. better. I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to have to take handfuls handfuls of pills multiple times a day. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like I probably will be medicated in some way for the rest of mm-hmm. my life. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work for me to be completely off of everything. I sometimes feel like there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, on Facebook and, you know, all mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. about how walking in the woods is an antidepressant, not this pill. Well, okay, they both are. And different things mm-hmm. work for different people, right? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. And I... I know we've talked a lot about our bad experiences, but... Well, if you need them because you don't have any coping skills and you need them right. to be healthy enough to learn those coping skills, then you can right. get off of them if that's what you want to do. Um, right. But sometimes and that's, we and that's need that key. bridge to, to move into that learning process. And I think, I think you know, my own experience, when I was acute, that was different. That When you're very acute in your symptoms, I think medication is very appropriate. But finding the other tools, that was key for me. Yeah. And that really helping me in my life. And that's been my replacement through the years for not taking medication. But I've never been a big pill taker. I always have trouble, even with like supplements and, yeah. you know, I don't, I hardly ever take Tylenol or anything like that, pain reliever. Right. Um, and I don't know what that's about. I have no idea. But, you know, I'll take them for a while and then take a supplement and then I forget and then yeah. I don't take it for like a year, you know. And I'm like, oh, why did I stop taking that? Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of mean. I don't know if that was part of the thing with the medications for me or what it was. But I know, yeah, so I had this co-occurring diagnosis. And so I know part of it was like wanting to be clean and, you know, right. not use alcohol and so not putting substances, and I don't know, and that just, I don't know if that was already there, I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know, but I've never wanted to go back onto any kind of mental health med. I want to keep pushing myself to find other ways to cope and live my life in recovery, and knowing that there's struggles, you know, like I have issues with my sleep, and right. so it'd be very easy for me to go to the doctor and get a sleeping pill, but instead I work towards finding other ways, more natural, holistic ways to deal with my sleep issues. Right. And so it's just a choice I make, but somebody else might not make that choice. Somebody else might choose to do 
something different, I guess, you know. I think something that was helpful for me with that kind of thing, right, because, yeah, I have, I have sleep issues, too, is having a doctor who I've seen really since I was a teenager, right? And so you have this relationship and I, I don't think and now he's retired and I don't I don't think we get that a lot in Montana. So many health professionals are in and out because, you know, you get your student loans paid off or or I thought yep. I was moving to Missoula but I really moved to, you know, Glendive and that wasn't what I was expecting out of Montana. We have a problem with Aaron Haver all the time. But I think, you know, building that relationship with your treatment providers is a huge thing. And I just don't yeah. feel like we get that as much as we used to. Yeah, it's definitely a big challenge here in Montana. Limited choices with providers and hard to build the relationship because they're gone so quickly. And so that that's a huge one. And I, I, I don't know how you really address that one. Right. I, I mean, I really don't. I don't know how you, over time, try to solve that. It's a definite issue. As a peer supporter, you know, working with people, my gosh, you know, going, watching them go through three or four different med providers in a two-year period, how can you have any continuity in care when you're constantly having to get to know a new person? Because there's a trust that you have to build, right? I mean, there's a, a trust both ways, the provider and the peer and the peer with the provider. And I think they're definitely, that's definitely an issue, you know, and, and whatever, as a listener, whatever you choose to do, I think it's great as long as it's recovery-based, whether you're going to do medications or not do medications. or I'm not really an advocate one way or the other. Right. Um, just yeah, whatever myself. Helps you, whatever helps you maintain your recovery and, and right. stay healthy exactly. is a valid choice. That's what's important. And always consult someone if you're coming off meds. And uh, in fact, on our website, we have a guide coming off psych meds. Comes from I want to say it's from uh, I want to say it's from Will Hall. He's that counselor out of Portland, Oregon. Oh, right. And that's a great resource. That's been out for that's been out for ten or twelve years, I think. And so, if you're interested in learning about something like that, there's information there. But definitely, don't just stop taking your meds and then. I think you have to communicate to the people around you and other professionals, your provider or therapist, you know, so they know what's what's happening with you and find what works for you. Yeah. I think that's, that's the message, right? Absolutely. Well, I think we've reached the end of our, our time on this podcast. Yeah. I want to thank you for tuning in again, Andy and I. Enjoy doing these, and as long as you're listening, we'll keep putting them out there. And if you're some interested in, if you've got a topic that you're interested in hearing yep. us talk about, or if you'd like to be a guest on one of our podcasts, you know, get in contact with us. We'd love to have you. Absolutely, absolutely, and we've got some exciting guests coming up in some future episodes where we've been working hard at lining up some folks, so and have some really interesting people coming on. So, yeah. all right. Well, thanks again for tuning in. And remember, September 6th, 2019 Recovery Conference in Helena. We hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.